everybody to the College Football DFS Podcast. I am your host, Walter Rodeau, joined by a special guest today, Chris. We are uh, without Pete. Unfortunately, he's a little under the weather, but we do get the man who missed the legend himself. Chris, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since we talked. Man, it's been doing good. Um, missed the uh, League of Legend talks. Yes, sir. We, uh, we'll have to pick it up with some more some college football stuff. Worlds is coming up for LOL, though. I might have to get you on there uh, some Worlds chatter here in the next few, few days. Yeah, for sure. We'll do we'll do some live chats for World. It'll it'll be uh, easy money, I think. Um, we got that locked down, but let's win these people some money on Saturday. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. So we like to you know the format for those of you guys listening. Um, we usually go game to game, talk about uh, you know spread, different QBs, running backs, wide receivers that we like. Um, this was originally a twelve game slate on DraftKings, but it is now eleven game slate after the North Carolina Charlotte game. Um, had a rash of COVID for the Charlotte O-line, so that game is no moss. Um, so we're going to jump right into the Tulsa-Oklahoma State game. Um, Oklahoma State, 23.5 point favorites. The over-under is 66.5, which is by far the highest. A um, couple of players I want to talk about here at first. Uh, at quarterback is Zach Smith for Tulsa. Uh, he's somebody who threw for 3,200-plus yards last year, 19 touchdowns and nine interceptions on 246 completions. Um, you know, like I said, at just 5.6 on, on DK and 7K on FanDuel, you're getting a guy who is likely going to have to throw high volume because they're going to fall behind um, and they're going to have to keep throwing the rock over and over again. The nice thing is that he has his two best weapons returning um, in Keelan Stokes and Sam Crawford Jr., two stud receivers. So they got the good chemistry with each other. You guys know that I'm, I'm big on, on chemistry and, and, you know, continuity from previous season, especially with COVID, not allowing teams to really practice that much. Um, Stokes had 62 catches for 1,040 yards and six touchdowns last year, while Crawford had 59 catches for 777 yards and five touchdowns. So big production there um, on the Tulsa side of things. Um, for Oklahoma State at the quarterback, uh, they returned Spencer Sanders, who's a, a bit of a dual threat. He threw for uh, 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Also ran for 600-plus yards and two touchdowns in the ground. So. Um, he gets his, his NFL caliber receiver in Tylen Watson back. Um, bonafide stud and future first-round pick. He had 53 catches for 900 yards and eight touchdowns last, uh, last year and 86 catches for 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns in 2018. So Wallace is going to be a real problem for this Tulsa defense. Um, what do you think about the running backs? There's one in particular that I think everybody's going to be on, but how are you feeling about this game? <clears throat> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll start with the Tulsa running backs. Um, you're, you're looking at um, Shamari Brooks for Tulsa as the lead back. He had 227 carries last year for over 1,000 yards. But the one stat that stands out to me, even when you add uh, Taylor to the mix, um, Corey Taylor, they, they don't throw the ball to the running back. So if, if, Oklahoma, or if, if Tulsa gets behind, um, you, you can go ahead. Out the the running backs because they're not going to catch balls out of the backfield. Um, he uh, Brooks only had nine catches last year, which is which is very low for running backs. Um, for me, he's more of a deep GPP play. If you think that Tulsa is going to get ahead early, which personally I don't see that happening, so he's just going to be a deep GPP play. And then on and, and speaking with that, don't don't look to pair Brooks with with Smith at the quarterback or anything like that. Cause that's just, he just does not throw to, to Brooks. 
Um, the running back that you're talking about that everybody's looking at is uh, is Hubbard from Oklahoma State. He had over 2,000 yards last year and 21 touchdowns. He's he's a stud. Um, um, we, we've seen some people around the industry saying fade him in this kind of a game, but you, you can't fade him. He, he's their offense when in, in terms of everything. He he had 23 catches last year on 30, 31 targets, which which is not high, but he's still involved in the pass game. Um, when you look at other high-priced players on this slate, like Trevor Lawrence or people like that, you know they're they're in blowout games. This game is a 66 and a half point spread, but it's or over under, but the spread's only 23 and a half, which which leads me to believe. And Walt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but leads me to believe that we're going to see starters in the fourth quarter in this game because Tulsa's not a pushover um, compared to these other teams that we see against these powerhouses. So the first player I'm locking into almost every cash game and. GPP, unless I'm going big, big time GPPs, is is Hubbard. So, um, well, well, I mean, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, Hubbard, I'm I'm all in every single lineup. Um, there's there's really no price that I wouldn't pay for for Mr. Hubbard. I mean, that's a true bell cow running back. That, um, you know, if they're ahead, he's going to get his carries. If they're behind, he's going to get his carries. There's just it, it's this the game script is him. Um, so yeah, it's a bit silly to hear people talk about fading him, uh, you know, and getting a little cute there. I think, yeah, he's probably going to be even on 11 game slate, mega high owned, but I think you just, you just eat the chalk here and and move on. Right. He's, he's in comparison. Um, if you guys played DFS Monday night, he's, he's the Derrick Henry of the slate. Um, the Oklahoma state's going to ride him if they're up 14, if they're down 14, um, as I was telling people in chat the other day, I mean, you're, you're playing Derrick Henry. And in my opinion, you're playing Hubbard to uh, Saturday night or Saturday morning. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the, the game full of fantasy goodness. So um, let's move on to one that maybe, maybe isn't as sexy for fantasy. Um, so some options, um, Pittsburgh versus Syracuse. The spread on this one is Pittsburgh minus 21 and a half. It's a total of 50 and a half. Um, at quarterback, Kenny Pickett returns. He's a pretty versatile player. Um, you know, he threw for 277 yards in a score, also scoring a touchdown on the ground, but that was against Austin Peay. So uh, we're going to have to see him do that against some, some better opponents because you, w- you would like to see him throw for, you know, 400 yards against a team like Austin Peay. Um, Syracuse defense certainly didn't impress anyone last week. Their offense didn't impress anyone. Pete, Pete really tried to sell, us, sell me on DeVito a little bit as a GPP play. And he had his moments, but again, his offensive line, and I told Pete this and he agreed, um, if his offensive line can't keep him upright, then he just, he can't throw the ball. And that, that's what happened. The offensive line just wasn't there for him. So um, I like Pickett to, to, as a, I guess, a GPP play with upside. Um, as far as wide receivers go, we'll, we'll kick to you for, for running back on this too. Kind of, kind of going that pattern. Um, Taj Harris for Syracuse. He's their clear-cut number one uh, receiver for DeVito. Had five catches and 64 yards last week. Um, he's certainly capable of breaking a big play. Um, Pittsburgh's defense is considered one of the top in the ACC, so he's really only a GPP play. Otherwise, I'm just going to stay away from Syracuse mostly. Um, at the receiver for Pittsburgh, you know they don't have uh, Mr. French anymore. Uh, the double French. Um, he's gone. So that production is going to have to go somewhere else. They didn't have Taser Mack and Lucas Crow last week. Both are expected to return. Taser Mack is a guy who had 63 catches for 
for 736 yards um, and three touchdowns last year. So a lot of that production will go to him. But uh, Jordan Addison is maybe somebody who's a little sneaky, um, you know, as a PPR guy. He, he had seven catches last week for only 35 yards, but it's encouraging to see him targeted seven-plus times. Uh, he's only, you know, sub-4K, and he's somebody who I think is going to get an opportunity, even with Mac back and, and maybe even more so with the defensive attention going towards Taser. Um, Addison could end up being a big play. And I'm, I'm sort of considering him in cash. But uh, what do you like about maybe the running backs and anyone else in this game, Chris? Well, to piggyback off that Addison play, he was um, somebody I was looking hard tonight before he came on the stream. He, he's got the ability to to take one to the house, and he, he's very dangerous when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, but to, to to pivot to running backs, I'm, I'm looking at Syracuse, and I'm not touching anything with running backs. Jordan had 26 yards on 14 carries last week, which was less than two yards a carry. And Mackenzie Pierre only had 12 yards on five carries last week. And, and like you said earlier, Pittsburgh is being touted as one of the top, top defenses in their league. So I'm just – I'm not, not touching anything, Pittsburgh or Syracuse. Um, mm-hmm. On the other side, Vincent Davis, they didn't need him last week um, because Austin P was just – just terrible. They threw the ball everywhere. I actually watched that game for some strange reason. I think the reason why is because <laughs> from where from where I'm from. But they just they dominated in all aspects of the game. But the carries that Pierre had, or excuse me, that Davis had were hard nosed, right up the middle carries. And I think he's going to run all over this Syracuse defense. Um, let me see what his price is tomorrow or Saturday. Um, Davis is only 5K. I mean, I'd put him borderline cash play if you got to get him there. If you're trying to fit some studs in there or whatever, he's not a bad play at all. The Syracuse defense was not good um, last yeah. week. Um, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, which is okay. I think Syracuse, or Pittsburgh's going to get the lead, and they're going to run the ball with him. Um, he only had 61 carries last year for 314 yards, but he wasn't the lead back last year. So now he's getting his chance to be the lead back, and I, I really, really like him a lot. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, I, and I think maybe if some people are a little scared that so many, you know, running backs got carries last week, it, you know, it was a blowout. So, uh, you know, he Sibley and, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Abin Nikonda, you know, are probably not going to be much of a, a factor. Maybe a little A.J. Davis, uh, you know, sprinkled in there um, for carries. But, yeah, I, lo- I like Vincent Davis, too. Um, well, you know, Addison, Addison, uh, before we move on to the next game, you, you had mentioned before the show that you were looking at Addison, too. Maybe he won't be sneaky, um, you know, if you if you liked him, too. Um, what, 35 I mean, is probably thing, too thing, cheap, right? Thing, he, he, had, he had eight targets last week for seven catches, 35 yards. Yeah, he didn't have yeah. the, the, the yardage that you're looking for. But, I mean, the, the guy, I mean, he, he kind of reminds me after, I mean, like I said, I, I watched the game. He reminds me of a Wes Welker, but a little bit faster. Um, where he, if he gets outside, he can take it to the house, but he, he's not, he's not looking to go deep every time. So he's going to get, in my opinion, five to seven targets a game and, and five to seven targets. If he makes four to six of those catches, you've already hit value at 3,500. So yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. And, and in college football, the, the key is you do have to find, I mean, most of the time you have to find that value receiver or running back or somebody who's stepping in here. And I think he's going to be, not going to be, but he could be the one guy this week that um, 
that that gets us to where we can get that extra stud or two in there. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm excited to hear you say that because somebody that did stick out to me. I figure it'll probably pick up you know traction as we go here in the next 48 hours. But um, he's another one where even if he picks up a lot of talk around the industry and it ends up being heavily owned, it's just it's it's really nice. It's not one of those bad chalk plays. You know, sometimes we get on these these bad chalk plays. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the NFL, you know, Mr. Mr. Boston Scott from the Eagles. Uh, you know, that ended up being a pretty bad chalk play that I unfortunately ate. Um, and, you know, that it just gets to be – I try not to get into groupthink or anything like that, but it's very easy to get on a play that a lot of people are talking up that's not good. I think we're both agreement that Jordan Addison is very good and, and has a bright future. Um, there's a lot of targets to go around with Mo, Mofa French out. Sounds like I'm stuttering when I say his name, but that's how you say it, uh, everybody. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, there's so much production to go around with him gone that, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his um, this weekend and potentially beyond. Um, all right. Next game here is the team we were just talking about, Austin P versus Cincinnati. I, I certainly could have probably gone without this one. Um, the spread on this one, Cincinnati minus 33 and a half. It's a, a total of 52 and a half. On the uh, FanDuel book, the money line for Austin P. if you're feeling like they can pull this one outright, is plus 3,500. Um, they're, they're quite a bad team. I, uh, I don't have anybody on Austin P. that I, I would prefer to talk about. Um, I don't think there's any value in me trying to pitch anyone from them to you guys. For college basketball, they're, a fun, they're actually a pretty decent team uh, for DFS. It's fun to say, let's go P. That's what their school chance. But for college football, they're, they're just not on our radar right now. Um, and I think it's going to be tough to play anyone for Cincinnati, too, because of it. Uh, and you might disagree, Chris, but like somebody like Desmond Ritter, who's a dual-threat stud, uh, he's priced really high, on, especially on DraftKings. Um, he's 8700 It's a good chance he doesn't get a full workload. Um, he is somebody, I mean, he threw 18 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards last year, five touchdowns on the ground, 60, 650 yards. Um, he's really expensive and, and there's obvious concerns about him, you know, in a blowout. What do you, do you feel like you're going to use Ritter at all? Or, or would you be, I mean, you know, looking elsewhere? I'm not, I'm not touching Ritter tomorrow. Yeah. Cincinnati's going to put up points, but I mean, we might see two and a half quarters, maybe three at the most from him. And even with this dual threat, I just, I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that we need at $8,700 on DraftKings. It's just, it's just ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, at running back for them, uh, Michael Warren's gone. So Jared Dokes is going to be, you know, the man in the backfield. Um, easy to see why. He rushed for 500-plus yards last year and five touchdowns in a backup capacity. You know, there, there were times where, um, you know, Warren was hurt, so we got some additional work or earned blowouts. Um, it's tough for him, though, too, because his price, and, and you know, you, sometimes you like playing a running back in a blowout, but he's 7,600, which is really tough. And the, the vulture by Ritter is, is always looming. So it's, it's tough to justify Dokes, too. Um, I don't know if you, you kind of feel that same way with him as well, but he, it's a tough spot for him to pay that price, no, I think, in a blowout. No, I, I, I feel the same way. And, and with the Cincinnati death chart, I saw something about Ford and McClendon as being the and or. So you really can't go with a vulture running back here because you don't know who's going to get those second – second half carries or anything like that. Um, but, but to circle back around to Austin P, um, the guy that you said you had no in- interest in anybody on this team, I'm, I'm actually pretty high on, I like it. Evans, Let's hear it. on, on Evans at running back. Um, he's, okay. he's, he's, 
He's not even listed as a starter, but he's getting more carries than Snead. Cincinnati's not the, the best defense out there. Um, he, he catches balls out of the backfield. Um, granted, last week against Pitt, who has a very good D, um, he didn't do much. But um, two weeks ago against Central Arkansas, 10 carries, 98 yards, and touchdown, two catches, three yards. So he, he's going to get a few targets out of the backfield. But he's, he's got that, that game. He was averaging – he averaged 9.8 yards a carry for Central Arkansas. I just don't think Cincinnati's defense is as good as people are thinking they're going to be. So he's going to be more of a GPP play okay. for me. But – I do like him as like a sleeper. If you need a thirty eight hundred dollar running back trying to fit Trevor Lawrence and anybody else in there, that that's who I'm looking at. Good call out. I like that. Thirty eight hundred CJ Evans. All right, cool. And then uh, receiver wise, um, this guy. I mean, last year Alec Pierce was a nice little sneaky play. He was consistently, you know, three thirty seven hundred, forty five hundred. He's a guy that I'm I'm certainly interested in this season, but not 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 Saturday at seventy nine hundred. DraftKings is a little wild with that price. Um, he is going to be probably their number one receiver. Um, you know, he had 37 catches last year, 652 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't going to you know, blow the doors off anybody, but uh, the Bearcats run the ball a lot. Um, I, I, so, I mean, again, Pierce at that price tag is a little bit uh, ludicrous. <laughs> That's 7,900. So I'm not no, in any of the receivers, but uh, we, I mean, if they have to, they have to throw again, if they have to try to throw the ball, I mean, is there any receivers on, on Austin B? I mean, Oatsvall looks horrible, so maybe not, but is there anybody that sticks out that maybe is usable? They're, they're, no, I mean, if Austin P is going to get this lead, they're going to get it on defense and they're going to try to run the ball with, with Snead and Evans. Um, Evans is more of that, if it's a close game, I think they're going to give the ball him to more, but I'm not touching anybody in Austin P. And then, and then on the Cincinnati side, they're all just priced too high, in my opinion. They yeah. have 16. They have 16 wide receivers listed yeah. on their depth chart, which is just ridiculous. So I mean, you can't even begin. I mean, yeah, you can look at a depth chart, but if the game gets out of hand, I mean, you're going to see people like Tyler Scott, Chris Scott. I mean, Marquise Bell, George, George, or Jay Don Thompson. I mean, you're just going to get Blue Smith. I mean, you, there's just no telling who's going to get the ball if it's a, you know, blowout or whatever. So I'm, I mean, Cincinnati to me is just a fade. They're all priced too high. I mean, yeah, they've got some studs on there. But the, they should blow this game out. And the only way that Cincinnati's going to hit value is if Austin P plays their best game of the season, in my opinion. I mean, and I'm from Nashville. I know all about Austin P, and I've seen them play in, in person and everything mm-hmm. else, but they're, they're just they're, – they're not to the caliber of Cincinnati. So, yeah. All right, cool. So, we'll move on because I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. It's just the, – the, the price on them is a little – it's just shocking. I didn't expect them to be priced that high. Um, I don't know if DK is going to try to be stiffer this year or they're just overreacting, but um, – it looks like they're they're basing a lot off of uh, you know Vegas odds right now, so we'll have to see how it goes from the rest of the season. Um, next game, Tulane versus Navy. Closer spread. Tulane's minus six and a half. It's a forty-eight and a half uh, a total. Um, Navy plus two ten on the money line. Um, I I am not a fan of the triple option. Pete is. Maybe you are. We'll get your opinion on it here. It's it's really it's frustrating for me as a fantasy player to try to try to pin down you know, which running back to use in these type of situations because, yeah, everyone thought, you know, Carruthers uh, and, you know, in the last game was going to get a ton of touches and he did get nine carries against BYU, but he just, he didn't do anything with them. And, and their, their quarterback situation is a, a competition. Um, it's just, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess for Navy right now. And I don't think I want to really touch any of them. On the Tulane side of things, I mean, 
Um, I'm kind of not looking at anyone there either. They do have Southern Miss transfer QB Keon Howard. It's got a little bit of uh, GPP appeal for me. Showed some moxie in the comeback win over South Alabama, so he can certainly get it done um, in that game against South Alabama. He threw for 191 yards. No scores, but he had a, a touchdown on the ground. And he had, he had some, you know, they were down, I believe it was like 21 to 6 or 24 to 6 heading into the mid of, middle of the third into the fourth quarter, and he led them back. So um, at 6-1, he's somebody who, you know, you could, you could put a hurting on Navy. Uh, we just saw what BYU did against them. So maybe there's some, you know, interest in the Tulane guys. But outside of their QB, I don't, I don't have a ton here. What do, you, what do you got for us? I mean, I'm in the same way. Like, yeah, I love the triple option. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But not when you have a quarterback battle and you've got – you don't know who the, the quote-unquote lead back is on this Navy team like you do at uh, Army, you know, um, yeah. with, with McCoy. <clears throat> I mean, everybody thought it was going to be Carruthers last week. C.J. Williams was banged up. Fells is in there. Warren's in there. I mean, it's just, there's too many mouths to feed in this offense. And you don't know who's going to be taking the snaps 100% of the time for Navy. So, in my opinion, it's, it's more of a – I hate to say it because I, I love the triple option. I love targeting running backs from the triple option. But, I mean, I, I can't trust Carruthers or Williams or Fells or even Smith. I can't trust any of them. Um, yeah. Moving over to that two-lane side, to me – the. And, and you're going to be like, dude, he knows everything. Or he, he just says he everything. <laughs> but I, I went to school at Troy down in lower Alabama. And so our rival was South Alabama. And that loss last week to, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, to, 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 to Tulane was more of South Alabama football where they get the lead and they can't do anything. I mean, to me personally, this game is a complete fade. I'm not touching anybody on Tulane. Not touching anybody on Navy just because of the fact that I don't think Tulane's very good, and I know that South Alabama is not good. So yeah, they jumped up ahead, but it was more of a product of this just is not a good football program, and Tulane just came yeah. back. I mean, you can't like you said, you, I mean, you can't really trust Howard. He didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, he didn't even throw a touchdown pass and a comeback win. Yeah. So to me, this this is a stay away game. I mean, there's so many other teams in better spots, better over unders, better totals and everything else so to me it's just it's just it's a fade i'm not paying 6100 for howard i'm not paying 5100 for robinson jr yeah he might go off but i mean he had 1.4 dk points last game he had one catch for four yards i mean i'm not i'm not paying that kind of money for that guy like that so that's just to me this it's an easy one just if you want to watch it enjoy watching this game if not move on yeah, and let let the other players get cute and try to try to figure it out. So, uh, and I should I should rephrase it. I don't I don't necessarily hate the uh, the triple option. It's just this. It's when I can't figure it out. Like you had mentioned, it's it's tough for for figuring it out if you don't have a a number one option like like Army with uh, with McCoy and all that. Is yeah, it's it's more uh, you know easy to to recognize, I guess. But with these guys on Navy, it's it's just impossible. And I I do want to note with CJ Williams. Um, there was like no news, so that's not another thing you guys have to be Zero careful. News. If you plan on playing Zero an injury, uh, you know, a player who's who's nursing an injury or you know is listed as questionable, be very careful because there was nothing on Twitter. And we, you you have a team of, of guys here at YFC that check all that stuff and have you know Twitter lists and 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 all that nonsense. And 
we checked these things and I and I saw nothing. And now you're hearing you say that to confirm you saw nothing and he, he didn't play it. And he, he had like me. he killed he had like twenty eight percent ownership across the industry. So he killed had, a lot of lineups I, for people. I prob I probably had thirty percent of that ownership. I mean like it was it was bad. because I, I was confident he was gonna play. I had seen everything. He made the trip. He was good. He's been in every Navy article out there, the breakout player. And so I went heavy on him thinking, oh, he's gonna be low owned. And then mm -hmm. seven minutes after lock, they comes out. He's on the sideline in sweatpants. And I was like, what the hell? Or no, he was dressed out. He just wasn't playing. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't believe it, man. I was just like, are you, are you shitting me? So. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. That killed a lot of people. So just, just be advised if you guys are planning on using anyone. Um, even like last week, I, not a lot of people used them because I think they were they were burned. But with uh, Marcel Murray for Arkansas State, he was the coaches said he was going to play all week. They said he's going to play, and then heading into game day, he didn't play. So um, it's really tough. It's it's you had mentioned with college basketball, it's you know news is hard to find. Luckily, there's less players to keep track of in college basketball, so it's a bit bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough if you don't have a, a read on a, a beat writer or something, you, you just got to stay away. Or, or, you know, make it one of your alt lineups. But if you're running in a situation in cash where you're not sure if he's playing or not, you're really rolling the dice with your money. Yeah, and, and to go on that, if he's listed as questionable or anything below probable, he's, he's not a cash game play. I mean, even if we tout him as a cash game play, you got to be very careful, like you said, because the information's hard to come by. So, I mean, yeah. we might love this guy, but we're going to try to tell you, hey, he's, he's questionable, which – you know, we'll do everything we can. We'll announce it in chat, but you know, we we can't do anything about seven minutes after lock saying he's not going to play. So you just got to know that going into it. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, next game on here is uh, the Giant Killers, uh, if you will. They're a good team in their own right. But uh, uh, Lafayette, they um, uh, facing Georgia State. They are minus sixteen and a half favorites on a fifty-eight and a half total, so a pretty high total all things considering they're coming off that for me a pretty stunning win over the cyclones i was i was heavily invested in the cyclones last week uh i, I don't know about you chris were you were you on uh you on the purdy train too or did you get away I, from it no i wasn't on purdy i was more on iowa state running game but the okay. the, the the win wasn't as shocking because i mean this is another sunbelt team and i went to troy so i, I actually followed them pretty yeah. closely um but I, I wasn't as shocked as most people were, but I didn't think it would happen the way it did in terms of, I mean, they literally just dominated Iowa state. The score yes. doesn't show that, but they literally just dominated them in almost they every aspect them. of the game. They thumped them. I mean, I had, <laughs> I had, I had Brees Hall too, and, and he ended up, you know, scoring and whatnot, but I, I was so confident in the Cyclones scoring, uh, you know, almost not, I won't say at will, but I just, I was very confident in them producing that I, I rolled, you know, uh, three of them. When uh, Kohler got announced out, you know, I went. I was like, okay, well, Hutchinson's going to be the guy, you know, Hutchinson. and I went him too, and yep. and and he got targets. I, I, I he got a ton of targets. Couldn't but catch. He couldn't anything. catch shit. No, he couldn't <laughs> catch anything, man. And then, and, then when, <laughs> so, and then when they got behind, they they weren't feeding. They weren't feeding uh, the running back, and it was just it was game over from there. It was just like, man, this is free Hall. It was just like this is this is stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, it honestly, was and before before you get into this, this is my absolute. This is this is the GPP winning game right here, in my opinion. Well, let's you you lead it off, man. You're the sun you're the sun belt guru. You, I want to want to hear your take on this. You lead us off. So so my take, and I'm I'm debating on cash because of his price. Levi Lewis, 
he played Iowa State last last week, which is a major Power Five conference. He didn't. They didn't have to throw the ball that much. They only threw the ball twenty one times, but he was sixty one percent, one hundred fifty four yards and a touchdown. Um, if you go back to last year, playing against Sun Belt teams, which Georgia State, I'm not. Because they – can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're back. Okay, okay. My, my wife called me, sorry. But um, I'm not sure okay. if they're in the Sun Belt or not. But he threw last year for 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions. What I do know is that Georgia State's defense is absolutely horrible. And I truly, truly – I'm hammering the over in this game because I have the over at 57. I'm hammering the over because I think – Lafayette scores 40 points plus, and Lewis is going to be involved in most of those touchdowns. Um, and most of those passes, in my opinion, is going to LeBlanc. Um, that's my GPP. That's my favorite low-owned GPP stack of this slate because I know how good Lewis is, and he's now getting a defense that is 10 times less as good as what he played last week. And he played pretty good last week. They just didn't need him to do a whole lot. Um, I don't yeah. think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna have to lean on the run from Mitchell. Mitchell's a great play too, but I, I really think that Lafayette's gonna try to show these other Sun Belt teams, like, hey, you know, we got Mitchell, but watch our stud QB we got. You guys saw him last year, but watch what we got this year with him. Um, I absolutely love Lafayette as a GPP play tomorrow, and I'm leaning Lewis as a as a cash play. Um, we, you know, me and you all will talk a little bit more tomorrow, but I mean. He's borderline at his price, cash play. Yeah, I mean, he, he threw, what, for over 3,000 yards and, uh, like, what, 26 touchdowns to, like, three, I don't get three or four interceptions. I don't have that in front of me at the second. But, yeah, he's, he's a capable, capable guy. And I'm, I'm uh, going to be releasing my, my uh, top plays article when we get done here. And I, I have written in there as a, as a GPP guy. I'll have to look into it more now that you said that, because if you're, you're high on him, I definitely want to, you know, get in on him. He, he threw that 78 yards, like, sh- just strike to LeBanc uh, in that Cyclones game. And that, that, I mean, yeah, he looked great. I mean, everybody always touts the, uh, the you know, Regis and Mitchell for this team because they're such a good running team. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that call because Lewis is, I mean, yeah, I'm a believer. <laughs> that 78-yard I mean, touchdown I, pass against the Cyclones, I'm a definite believer. I, I want to say he's a stud, but he. Uh, uh, so what I would do is I'll phrase it as he's a Sun Belt stud. So when you get him against a team like Georgia State or Troy or Louisiana Monroe or teams like that, that's when you play him. You don't play him against the Iowa States or the big time schools. You play him against these small schools where they're going to try to run the score up because they have to if they're going to try to make a better bowl. So that's kind of how I see uh, how I see this game playing out. Oh no! Yeah, no, I li- I like that call. Lose- Wolf- okay. Okay. No. Nope. I think I might be losing nope, you. Oh, you. Okay. Okay. You're good. All right. Cool. Um, You're good. Yeah. So uh, with with that, um, the other thing I noticed with Georgia State last last year, they they. they do a lot very good but they uh they allowed 218 rushing yards last year which was 119th in the nation so um i like your lewis call but uh it does seem like this would be a spot where where mitchell and regus maybe you know they bounce back a little bit they only average 3.5 yards per carry 
on 118 yards last week. So, you know, there, there might be a situation for them to just hit him in the mouth there on the running game, open up things for Lewis and, and just off to the races, right? So um, you had mentioned Mitchell being in play too. His price on DK especially is only 5'8", which kind of stuck out to it's me just, right away as, as a potential it's play. Sexy. It's sexy. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, for sure. I know I just had a Lewis. It was very, very hard, but, but Mitchell's a sexy play as well. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I like I said, I think, I think, I think this game goes over fifty-seven. So you can't, you mm-hmm. can't be wrong with Mitchell, Lewis, or even LeBlanc in cash. But uh, LeBron, LeBlanc's a little high at seven K. Yeah, but yeah, you know, the, the other two in Mitchell. Or Lewis, I think I think you you can't go wrong in those two plays. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, LeBlanc could be maybe that uh, GPP pairing with him, where maybe he breaks another, you know, ADR bomb and gets you gets you that GPP think. Uh, All right, let's go to Duke versus Boston College. This is another close spread. Duke is minus six and a half. Um, FanDuel has it at fifty one and a half over under. Um, Duke was it? They didn't look too horrible, actually. Um, they ran a no huddle last week against the Irish and, and Bryce. He was uh, he was playing pretty well. He had 259 yards, uh, scored a touchdown on the ground. Um, but he, he has the look. Even you know he's he's relatively new in his his tenure there. Um, he's a look of somebody who won't force things and and you know has um, I don't want to say he's going to be a game manager or anything, but he just looks like a guy who will, will make the throws when he needs to. Um, and I think he's he's okay play for this because I, Boston College defense, I you know they're uh, they have some pieces that they have to you know um, I guess they they have some new pieces in. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I kind of like Bryce actually um, for GPPs as well. Um, as a decent running back with him, Deion Jackson. You know he rushed for 52 yards on 15 carries last week. Um, it's probably going to be you know while Bryce is learning the offense and getting more comfortable, they're probably going to lean on Jackson a little bit more. Um, Jalen Calhoun and Noah Gray both had five catches for 60 plus yards, so they're both productive. Um, so I kind of, I kind of like the Duke side of things here, at least for the quarterback situation. For BC, they're they they have Notre Dame transfer Phil Jerkovich, and then they still have Grozel there, um, and are listed as co-starters. So that's obviously a, a stay away spot. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm I'm big time on, or I want to be on David Bailey. Um, you know, heavily. He's he's somebody who I mean, they had AJ Dillon last year, who's a, a bona fide stud, and Bailey still rushed for 844 yards and seven touchdowns with a 5.7 yard per carry average, which is pretty damn impressive uh, when you consider who he had on his team. Um, yeah. And he's only, I mean, he's six nine. Do you think that's too high for him? No, I don't, because BC doesn't throw the ball. I don't care who their quarterback is, and when you have an and or situation. At quarterback, you load up on their running back. Yeah, and and Bailey is just. I mean, I, I, I'm glad you said that because for me, I'm looking at the six nine. Like, yeah, I want that, and and I'm looking at the prices around the industry for other players, and it seems like we'll be able to fit him, you know, relatively easy. So, I mean, with that, that almost six yards per carry average, and he had some explosion games last year where where people weren't even, you know, talking about him, and all of a sudden he had. 150 plus yards and two touchdowns and everybody has Dylan like what the hell is this guy doing um exactly so, and I mean uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
And you look at their receivers, I mean, they they got Zay Flowers and Kobe White back, but this isn't the Kobe White of the Chicago Bulls. This is, you know, this is these are receivers who aren't going to strike fear in anybody. They do have Ohio State transfer Jalen Gill coming in, and you got a waiver to play right away. But, I mean, that the Eagles are obviously going to be running Bailey a lot. So he's, he's pretty much the only BC guy I want. Sounds like you're in agreement on that. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm playing a BC guy, which which I think – I think, um, I think, I think, I think, uh, sorry, I lost the name. Bailey, I think Bailey is 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 very close to a lock in my opinion. Um, on the Duke side of things, I, I love the quarterback. I actually played Bryce last week, and he did pretty good for his price last week. Um, the guy that I want to point out is Eli Panchol. I think that's how you say it. He's listed as like fourth wide receiver on the depth chart, but he had just as many <laughs> targets as Bobo. And and I played Jake Bobo a lot last year, and he burned me every single week. And I just feel like he's they're just kind of fading him out for this this Eli Panchol guy. And I mean, it's just it, it's it's tough to to keep going back at. Him. I mean, he had five targets, three catches, seventy eight yards last week. Panchol did, and that's twenty six yards on average. I mean, he he might not catch eight nine balls but he, he seems like he's going to be their deep threat I didn't, I didn't really get to watch that game like i wanted to but that that's kind of a guy who stood out to me yeah he's 5k but i mean i'd much rather pay 500 dollars more than jake bobo who didn't do yeah. a whole lot last the, week the other guy i saw Pancho people kind of talking about um, other sites and i saw a little bit of ownership was demand philia johnson because he was so cheap and and i think people were a little unsure about what Duke receivers were going to step up. I didn't didn't go that route, but he didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't, so that just, I didn't do. I didn't, it just kind of shows he, you. He was. <laughs> oh, I was. Just, he was. He's, he was starting, and he didn't do jack. So I mean, just because he's just because the guy's starting, you know, we we try to keep you. We try to steer you guys away from the, the starting cheap plays that aren't going to do anything. I think it was more, more of a, a paper play than an actual starting play. Oh, did we lose Walt again? No, I'm still here. Uh, for some, okay. I, I don't know if it's okay. mine or not, but sometimes it sounds like um, you're, you're talking slow, but it might just be mine. And so I'm trying to trying to fix it without jumping off the line. Oh. No, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's not you. I've, I've heard that. Okay, That's yeah, I asked, well, asked I asked uh, Big E if it was just my end or or if he heard it too, and he said yeah. So I don't know if maybe you want to try to um, jump out and jump back in real quick because every like yeah, yeah. sentence it sounds really slow, like you're talking like uh, go ahead, go like ahead, and start on this uh, Houston Baylor game, and I'll jump out and jump back in. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was going crazy for a second. I was like, I don't know if it's just me or or if he's doing this on purpose. So. All right, next game here is Houston versus Baylor. This is another pretty sexy game in terms of fantasy purposes. Um, Baylor is minus three and a half, uh, which is close game, which is great. The over-under is two and a half, so it's the third highest total on the slate. Um, Houston, you know, their their coach is a, a disciple of, uh, you know, the, that spread offense, uh, you know, Coach Leach from the, this Texas Tech days, you know, and, and – he throws – they throw a lot, a ton. There's a lot of offense to go around in this offense. Um, Clayton Toon, he threw for over 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Um, he's an okay play. Uh, he's going to have to throw a lot, but he, he takes a lot of risks 
he threw nine interceptions to his 11 touchdowns, so he's, he's going to, you know, throw a lot of picks. The running back situation for Houston is, is you know, there's co-starter, the mobile car, and Kyle Porter. It seems like those guys were, were constantly killing us last year. If you went Porter, McCarr went off. If you went Carr, Porter went off. So you really don't want to be dealing with anything on Houston except for the pass catchers. Uh, and maybe tune for GPP, but I, I feel pretty confident in Marcus Stevenson uh, for all formats. He's going to be one of the best receivers in the ACC. Um, caught 52 passes last year for 907 yards and nine touchdowns, uh, and and now he's got another year with Tune. I mean, this I'm expecting huge things for him. Uh, perfect offense. It's got to be a core play. And then Keith Or Corbin was a redshirt uh, last year, but he had 40 catches for 691 yards and 10 touchdowns in 2018. He's still 5K on DraftKings, so he's somebody who's probably going to be a little lower owned and could be a sneaky little GPP pairing with uh, Stevenson and Toon. Um, so those are those are the guys I like for Houston. Um, before I go to Baylor, Chris, who do you? I mean, where Houston's a an appealing tar- spot to target. Who do you uh, who do you like for them this time? I mean, you you talking Houston or Baylor? I'm sorry. Uh, Houston Baylor. Houston first. Houston first. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, Houston, I, I agree with all your plays. I, I think Toon is, is too high-priced. I'm not touching the running back situation, like you said. Between Carr and Porter, you never know who's going to go off. Stevenson is the main main guy there. Um, Corbin, I like him as well. But if I'm playing a receiver from Houston, it's it's most nine times out of ten going to be Stevenson, unless I'm in GPP. Um, on the Baylor side of things, a guy that really stood out to me, and I, I wouldn't – won a GPP last year with him when guys were injured was, is Josh Fleeks. Um, he's listed as the fourth wide receiver on the team, but he had 25 catches for 262 yards and a touchdown last year. But he also, they also try to use him in the running game. He had nine carries granted nine carries in 12 games. is not a lot, but you got to remember he wasn't an all time, like an everyday starter. So Josh Fleeks at 4,400 really, really stood out to me with this huge, with this Baylor offense because Baylor likes to spread the ball around, do what they got to do, and I, I just I like him. I mean, he's I don't, I don't think Holmes Gavin Holmes is is better than him, and he beat him out. But I, I think when when the games get going, Josh Fleeks is going to step up and go there. Um, you know, you have Lovett at running back, who. If I remember correctly, let me check. Yeah, he, he he was the backup last year, but he had five touchdowns, so he's more of a power back. I'm, I'm to me, Baylor is more of that spread offense, and I'm going to look more at quarterbacks and wide receivers. If you want the low on GPP play, then love it at 6200. Not a bad play, but not somebody I'm forcing in there. Um, I think this is a high enough over under that we can we can definitely target this game in the passing game, in my opinion. Yeah, and it, it feels like Lovett and Ebner have been there forever, you know, and they, they, it's like um, we're rostering – last year I remember rostering them at different points thinking, you know, they, they, they would have a good game or they'd string together two, you know, two or three good games. And then I'd finally go that direction, and then it would be like a – you know, they get, they get 10 yards or something like that. So now, now it's just yeah. those two guys, really. So, um, yeah, I don't mind the Lovett and Ebner play. I, I'm not confident in which, which one will produce – but for, for GPP plays, yeah, I like that. Um, what do you think about, I mean, it's another, Charlie Brewer, another season. He's a, he's a good enough quarterback, but they've got him priced at 8K. That's, I mean, it's a good spot because of the offense, but do you feel like in this instance, in a close game, that you could justify paying that price for him? 
to me, in this kind of a game, yeah, he's thrown for 3,000 yards in two-plus seasons. Um, granted, his touchdowns have not been just fantastic. He's only thrown 21 at 19, so that's, what, 40 touchdowns in two years? Um, yeah. But against a Houston defense, then, yeah, I, I mean, he won't be high-owned. Don't, don't, I don't think he's going to be your chalk quarterback. But yeah. um, I, I do like the pairing of Brewer – and even, I mean, I, I love R.J. Sneed as a GPB yeah. play. The problem is his price is just so high. I just I can't trust him because Baylor spreads the ball around so much. So that's why I'm looking more at that 4,400 range in John Fleeks. Um, but I, I do I, I do like Brewer. I mean, I know I know what I'm going to get from him. He's going to complete 63% of his passes for two, 300 yards, touchdown or two, maybe an interception, hopefully not. I mean, he's a low interception guy, but you just you just never know. But I, I do like I do like Brewer more of a GPP. I'm not forcing him in the cash. Okay, yeah, I liked RJ. I mean, I do like RJ Snead, but it, it was certainly a lot more fun to play him at 4K last year than 6200. So, um, yeah, it's a little tougher to trust him. Um, it looks like Gavin Holmes. Yeah, you mentioned he beat out Flakes. He's you know we don't really know what we're gonna ex- to expect from him. He's he's had two different. ACL injuries in the past two seasons, and 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 coming back from one is tough enough, let alone two. So uh, I, to me, um, it, it, to yeah, me it your seems, your guy Fleeks could step over him pretty fast. Yeah, it, it seems like to me the Holmes thing is they're they're giving him a shot. I I I mean I'm pretty confident seeing Fleeks play last year that he's the better player. I think they're just giving Holmes a shot. So in, in mm-hmm. my opinion, going for a GPB play, you're going to get John Fleeks at under four percent ownership. Nice, I like that. And if he gets, you know, gets any any kind of specialty carry or or breaks one off, yeah, that could be a, a really huge play. So it looks like a lot of the value is developing on this slate from the receiver position, which is which is kind of comforting because I've been, you know, trying to do the the value RB thing in in NFL and college football, and it's it's not been working all that well. So I'm looking at that's, that's why I'm so high on Hubbard. I want to get these, you know, high priced RBs in that are gonna, you know, do their thing for me. So. Uh, let's go to the next game here. Uh, way less appealing than what we just talked about. Um, South Florida versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, minus 25 and a half favorites. FanDuel has it as a 47 and a half over under. Um, we have we have a, a very big USF fan, uh, I believe. Um, that news. Sean. Guy. I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, Sean. Okay. I was gonna say the, I was going to say the news guy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he's, he's going to be on the USF guys. But this, this looks like a spot where I don't, I don't want to get too cute with them. Uh, you know, Ian Book, he is who he is. Um, he's, he's pretty high-priced. I, I don't know that um, he'll be needed. I mean, he, he completed 60% of his passes last week and, and had a 8.5 yards per attempt. Um, but it, it wasn't really that great of a, a game. He's playing a USF secondary. He should be able to... to completely annihilate um it has been announced that ben skowronik has been ruled out um so someone else is gonna have to step up there was a guy that pete talked about last week he he, but then he had a he had a hidden injury so again you gotta be careful because you don't even know sometimes uh brayden lindsey he didn't actually play because he had a hamstring injury and that that information didn't come out until very very late and even then you couldn't find it unless you dug around a little bit um it sounds like he's going to be all systems go this weekend um I guess that's going to be the question we get a lot. You know, who who's going to step into the you know that role for Scal Rennick and and kind of 
there's value there, but who who do we think is going to take it? Is it Lindsay or or is it someone else? I think it's Lindsay from the reports that I've seen. It's going to be Lindsay, but like you said, we <clears throat> Notre Dame has been very um, very tight lit about receiver or injury news in general. So I mean, it's hard to see. But but my favorite play for this Notre Dame team is is no receiver, no quarterback, and I, I think you can kind of figure out where I'm going here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, go I go played, for it. You did you oh, yeah. you had him last week, right? Oh yeah, I played Kyron Williams last week, and out of ten lineups, I had him in nine of my lineups. Um, and he yeah, went he off. It. He he went off. Nineteen carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns, two carry or two receptions, 93 yards. Um. To me, this Notre Dame is this Notre Dame team is going to run through Williams. Nineteen carries in college is like a twenty-five carries in pro. Um, it's it's a lot of work. Um, he he does things out of the backfield. This is, I mean, to me, I'm doing everything possible I can to pit to put Williams and Hubbard in my cash lineup, which leaves you fifty-five hundred dollars per player. But we've gone through enough value at wide receiver to where you can make this happen, and you will be just yeah. fine, in my opinion. Um, these are my two Hubbard and Williams, are my two staples in my cash games. Um, I'm gonna do everything I can to get those two guys in. I haven't really truly built yet, but I mean, going through this slate and digging in my research before we came on stream, I know there's enough plays at wide receiver to where I can get both these guys. A great quarterback, um, Lewis you know, at 6k, he's only $500 more than what you got. So you, you can, you can, you can make it work. And in my opinion, this is where I'm going. Yeah. I, I, I unfortunately didn't get him in the cash. I had a, a little exposure in my alt lineups, but yeah, I, I, I'm certainly of the belief. I mean, they're going to, they're going to most likely, you know, pound them into the ground. So what better way than to continue with their, their premier back, um, you know, with lots of carries, like you mentioned, 19 carries being a, being a lot. Uh, maybe temper expectations on the receptions for people. You know, he had that 75-yard reception, but still, if you take that away, he was way overvalued because I know he was like six in the 6K range, if I if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah a, was, that's a much yeah. safer option if you don't want to deal with trying to guess, you know, on Lindsay or or which you know, a uh, Notre Dame receiver that you want to use or, or even, you know, paying eight, two for eight for ion book. Just, he doesn't feel that good. He's, I mean, I wouldn't hate anyone that wants to play that, you know, if you've got that space for whatever reason and, and there's no other QBs you can really go to, then I, I've, you know, book is a guy where I'm okay with it, but I'm not going out of my way to, to, to build around him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on the Williams play. I'm a, I'm a week, I mean, I'm unfortunately a week late in cash, but I, I think I'll follow you on that one. Cause I'm already rolling Hubbard. I know that. And I don't want to yeah, get burned at running back again. So, so yeah, I think, I think that's probably the play. Maybe, no, uh, maybe I it ends agree. up being popular, but who cares? I mean, just take those points and, and try to beat him somewhere else. I, I agree. I mean, and going on your book play, I mean, He's eighty two hundred. I just I can't pay eighty two hundred dollars for mm. sixteen sixteen yeah. points when I got Brewer who's two hundred dollars less, or even Sanders who's four hundred dollars less. And I know they're gonna throw the ball a lot more than Notre Dame. Notre Dame's gonna ride the the running back. So um I just I just don't see Book being a play unless you wanna take a chance that Notre Dame's down in this game and have to come back, but I just I don't see it. Like I hate Notre Dame with passion. <laughs> yep. 
I mean, like, I, I hate them. I can't stand them. But I just don't see them losing this game to USF. I know Sean's all about USF for the upset. But sorry, Sean, it's not happening tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I'm looking at USF and, and potential plays, I guess, if you want, uh, you know, some contrarian stuff. Um, looks like, you know, they, they would be looking at their running backs too. Um, you know, Kelly, Kelly Joyner at 5-1. Uh, but they played Citadel, you know. He, he went off against uh, – and I wouldn't even say go off. He had 14.7. And then Johnny Ford had nine carries for 71 yards. But, again, that was against Citadel. Uh, who, and they only beat him 27-6. When you see what Clemson beats him by, you're going to think that that was nothing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really any, any good upside plays for USF. Now we can certainly eat our words and, and watch somebody break a, you know, an 80 yard touchdown play, but, but, you know, that's not really, that's not, that's not really what we're looking for here because that's just, you know, that's a little bit of a lucky thing to have happen. So I don't yeah, think there's I, anybody I, we can count on here. I, I agree. I mean, the one guy that you could probably throw into a GPP for South Florida at low ownership, he's 4,600 is St. Felix. He's their top wide receiver. So if they're down, or let's say they're down 10 points. Um, 10 points in the fourth quarter, he's going to get the targets. So that, that, that's the one play that I might say, hey, if you got a couple of running backs or a quarterback you're trying to get to and you need $4,600, then I, I would throw St. Felix in the GPP or something. Um, but other than that, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not really touching the South Florida team. Um, they just they don't offer a lot for me. All right, so the next game, we're going to stay in the, the state of Florida, a much more appealing squad with Central Florida. They're playing Georgia Tech. Uh, UCF is minus 7.5. This is the second highest um, total uh, at 63.5. This is on the FanDuel book. Um, and, yeah, like I said, a much more appealing game. Um, UCF, I'll start with them. They get uh, Dylan Gabriel back, who was a, you know, a freshman last year. Uh, ranked 13th nationally in passer rating. Passed for 29 touchdowns, just seven interceptions, 3,600 yards. I mean, that's, that's really impressive for a, for a freshman. Now he comes back, um, and he has, you know, pretty much the same weapons except for his number one guy, which is a big deal, you know, losing someone like Dylan Gabriel at wide receiver. Um, but he returns uh, – I'm sorry, to Gabriel Davis. Um, but he returns to Trey Nixon, who caught seven touchdowns and 830 yards. So, I mean, that's, that's a, a nice guy to come in as, and be your number one guy after you have built a, a rapport with him. And they're getting their, their running backs back, who um, you feel like a genius if you get the running backs right for UCF, and it's, it's a really hard day when you get them wrong. Uh, Otis Anderson had 700 yards last year, five touchdowns. Greg McRae had seven touchdowns. Then Tatis Thompson, eight touchdowns. So they're all going to be in the mix. I guess Otis Anderson is the one that, you can count on to get most of the work and, ha and have the opportunity, but there is uh, there's vulture, there's vulture culture for, for UCF with McRae and, and Thompson. So be aware of that if you're going to take any of their guys, but, but Dylan Gabriel is um, uh, a pretty big stud. I, I would say, even without Gabriel Davis in the mix, he's seven, four. So maybe that's a little bit of a tough price. Georgia tech's defense was really horrid last year, but they actually stepped up pretty well against Florida state. But I will say, that James Blackman is no Dylan Gabriel, so Thank maybe, you. maybe Thank with Gabriel. I was getting there. I was getting there. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, you know, I think we're going to go back to seeing the normal, what we saw last year, Georgia Tech defense. So I, I like Gabriel. Um, I think Jeff Sims is somebody who 
I, I was a little hesitant on because I was worried about last week, you know, if, if he faltered out the gate, maybe, you know, somebody else would come in for him. But he did, he did, he did play pretty well. I mean, he had 19 and a half fantasy points. His price is only 5.3. Um, he threw for 277 yards, a touchdown. He did throw two picks. Uh, I'm trying to do a little too much, but he rushed for 64 yards as well. And he has that dual threat ability. Um, the only issue here is UCS defense. Uh, you know, they allowed the fewest yards per completion in their conference last year, uh, which, which maybe lowers his ceiling a little bit. But again, he's only 5'3". With him being a dual threat, he can probably do enough on the ground to maybe make value for you anyway. So um, I think Sims and even somebody like Jordan Mason, who I did use last week, because I thought he was going to get a lot more carries. He ended up getting 55 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown, so he wasn't horrible. And his price is still pretty cheap. Um, so I think you want to you attack, you know, if you're going to go against UCF, I think the, uh, you know, the running game is maybe your best path to success. Um, what are you doing with this game? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I agree with all that. Um, I, I wish Milton was in this game. I really do. Um, which which would give us a, a split quarterback thing, but I think Milton's the better quarterback than Gabriel. But um, mm-hmm. without that said, I mean Gabriel's in fantastic spot at only seventy four hundred dollars. Um, going going to the running back, um, like you said with Anderson and McCray, it's hard to to pick one of those two guys. But if I'm leaning anybody, I'm just going McCray just due to price. Forty nine hundred dollars yeah. is, is ridiculous. I mean, he should be at least fifty seven, fifty eight hundred dollars in my opinion. Um, I'm not. I like Mason, like you said. I, I, it, it pains me to say that UCF has got a good defense, but they, they do. Um, <laughs> it just, it pains me from the the past things that we've heard. From you yeah, know, they should be national champions and everything else. And Sean, by the Absolutely. way, when I mentioned you again, you were on that bandwagon a couple of years ago <laughs> when all that UCF stuff happened. Um, I, I wish, I wish, and I wish, and I wish that Trey Nixon was about nine eight hundred dollars cheaper. I wish he wasn't sixty eight hundred dollars. If he was, if he was less than sixty eight hundred dollars, I would lock him into my cash games. But I think his price is just a little high, in my opinion. Um, doesn't mean he can't go off. He probably will go off. But when you're trying to jam in those two stud running backs, it's very hard to get Nixon and another quarterback or two into your lineups and make it work. Um, which 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 sucks. But I mean, if you're gonna pick anybody from this game, I think you go Gabriel, 7400. I think that's a good mm-hmm. pairing with Gabriel and I, I keep going back to him, man. But Gabriel and Lewis, I think it's just a solid quarterback pairing in my opinion in cash games um because they're just both pretty cheap you know i mean yeah it's just it's hard to get away from and i know i know we're not talking builds 100 percent, but it's just trying to help the listeners out but i just i think it's a solid starting point with the two stud running backs lewis and gabriel and then it leaves you forty eight hundred dollars per player and I mean, we've gone over numerous wide receivers to, to fill this out. Yeah. It, uh, and that's, that's really sound advice because those four give you already a really high floor, which is what you want in your cash games. You're not trying to get too fancy. And then the highlighted, you know, value receivers that we've talked about, you know, they're, they're not, they're not slouches, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we mentioned Lindsay as maybe a speculative guy, but we gave you some pretty solid, you know, players that are, are, I mean, we want to say they're definitely going to play, but stranger things have happened. 
uh, with college reporting. So um, yeah. it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. And if you, you know, if you're going to go for a higher price receiver, you would mention Nixon. You wish he was 800 cheaper. Yeah, because for 300 less, you can get Stevenson from Houston. And I'm, I may, he exactly. may end up being somebody who I fall in love with to a, to a fault this week. But there's always that one guy for me. But he's, he's the one that I, I probably want. You know, my most expensive receiver exposure is going to be Stevenson, I think. Like, I mean, like, it, like I said, like if Williams was like 60 or Nixon was 6,200, I'd say lock button him all day, every day. It's just that price yeah. is just so hard. I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, it's only $600. I mean, lock him in and see what happens and, and see what yeah, you can get yeah. with him. It's, it's tough. I mean, that's 600 bucks is a lot. Yeah, it's really, it's especially once you start building and you get those high price, you know, running backs in, it becomes very difficult. Um, all right, we got just a couple games left here. Uh, we don't have to talk about North Carolina because it's gone. Uh, Appalachian State versus Marshall. Um, Abbey State is minus four and a half. It's 58 and a half over under. Um, they, they've got, you know, Appalachian State's got some guys that uh, we definitely want to talk about here. Um, Zach Thomas. Marshall, Marshall quarterback. does too. Marshall does too. Yeah, Marshall for sure, which we'll get to. Um, uh, so Thomas, he threw for 2,700 yards last year, 28 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Um, and then at running back, of course, my dog wants to start barking in the background. Sorry. Um, and at running back, you know, they've got, they've got some guys. Uh, you know, they got Harrington. They've got uh, uh, Marcus Williams, who was the guy we used last year. Um, and then Hennigan, who I'm already hearing people Google Gaga for Hennigan. Um, I've, there's a couple, I listened to a podcast earlier this week and they were all, all about Hennigan. He threw for five or he had 120 yards on five catches and a touchdown against Charlotte. Um, uh, he could certainly do that against Marshall, but, uh, again, he's 6k, which I don't know if you're going to be able to fit him, um, with the prices that we're talking about on other guys. Now, and Marshall, I'll let you talk about them, but I think Thomas and, uh, and, and maybe Williams are your main happy state plays. Who do you like for Marshall? I mean, for, for, I mean so go, going back to the Hennigan play, however you say it, for App State. App State's a, a well-known running team, and I think that he went off because that game was a little bit closer. I don't see him going off for five catches, 120 yards. I just don't. Um, I like Zach Thomas. He he's a good quarterback, but I just App State. It, it, their mentality is to run the ball, in my opinion. Um, but but going to the Marshall side, I mean Grant Wells, he was an afterthought last week against or two weeks ago against Eastern Kentucky, and everybody thought that we were just gonna pound the rock with Bo Knox. Knox was the chalk running back. Everybody was putting Knox in, and Knox. Didn't didn't deliver. I mean, he only had 18 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown, 14.5 DK points, and he was what? I think he was 78 or 8K. I mean, it just that that said a lot to me in that kind of a game that they let Grant Wells throw the ball 23 times. He threw it for 307 yards, and I think this game's going to be a lot closer. But the Problem with Marshall is he spread he he spread the ball around so much. I can't give you a receiver on this team that I like. I can tell you I like Gaines, Keaton, Johnson, Thompson, but they have a lot of weapons on the outside. They really do. So in my opinion, if you're targeting Marshall, you're gonna go Grant Wells and you're gonna just 
pick a receiver that you'd like on the cheat sheet come Saturday, and that, that's who you got to go with. I mean, it, it's hard to pinpoint a wide receiver, and they're all cheap enough. The thing that sucks is they're all – like, their top four or five receivers are all within $1,000 of each other. So it's not like you're getting a super value on another guy. Like, DraftKings did a very good job on this Marshall wide receiver staff. Um, but then right. to to pump the brakes and everything. So now now we're very big on, on Grant <laughs> Wells. Knox. So that, that just yeah. means Knox is going to go off. He's just going to go off. But I can't pay $7,200 for him. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. So in my opinion, I, I mean, I, I love <laughs> passion tag. I actually watched this game too. I mean, like, yeah, you're like, how did you watch all these games? I mean, oh, shit. I've got my way. I've got my way. Yeah. I've got a, a four-monitor computer set up in my house. So I, I can throw three or four games on at a time. And Marshall was not – they weren't looking to run, man. They were looking to throw the ball. So I, I think they're going to do the same thing this week. And it's just what receiver is going to go off. That, that's the key, I think, this week is what receiver is going to go off for Marshall. Yeah, I was actually really shocked because I thought, you know, Wells and a couple, you know, I was talking to Pete and then everybody and, and it, you know, you th- naturally think, well, they're going to, you know, slowly bring him in, let him learn the offense and, you know, they're going to lean heavily on Knox. And that didn't happen at all. I mean, it, yeah. at all. I mean, Knox still Dude. got 18 carries. But, yeah, it was it was Wells throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And, and they're certainly – they're going to be going for it. I mean, in a game where there's a close spread, yeah, I think you're right. They're going to be leaning on on Wells right away which surprises me but it's clearly that's clearly what it looks like what was the over under on this one again uh this one they have on FanDuel at 58 and a half 58 and a half I can see it and I know we don't talk over under on this but I, I can see this being an over but I can see it being an uh, app state catching catching a 14 17 point lead and and Marshall coming back and, and winning the game kind of thing and having to throw more um, just because Marshall hasn't really played anybody and App State likes to likes to run from past experiences mm-hmm. seeing them play. This kind of how I see the game going. I mean, not high, not yeah. a high total, but I can see it being like, you know, 24-14 going into the fourth quarter and Marshall coming back and trying to take the win. No, I I, I totally agree. Um, and like I said, it really surprised me that they threw him so much and it, it, it definitely worked. Um. All right, we got one more game on here. Uh, Clemson versus Citadel. The most boring uh, the total, game on the slate. Yeah. The total is 57 and a half. They, they certainly could have done without this one. All it's going to do is extend the slate out. Um, you've got Trevor Lawrence there at, at 9,700, which, again, I don't know why you would ever pay that. He's going to play, you know, two and a half quarters, probably three. Uh, Etienne is 9-2. I will say I could see it. Simply because there were times when I faded him last year in these blowout situations, and, and he, he had 153 yeah. by yeah. halftime. And I'm sitting here puckering up my – I said on the stream, I'll say it again, puckered up my button, and I'm just like, damn, he's going to get another one in the third. And then, and then sure enough, he did. So I could yep. see it, you know, but because you're just going to – if you fade, you're going to have to clench your teeth and just hope that he gets two and, you know, 100 or something like that and that they, they get somebody else in there. Um, and then when you look at the receivers, I mean, Amari Rogers. 8,300 is laughable. The guy at 7,400. I mean, you're just you're not you're not playing any of the passing game for Clemson. It's and you're not. Man.
<clears throat> All right. I don't know if we I don't know if we lost Walt, but what he was gonna say is you're not playing anybody from Citadel. They're just they're they're not in play. Don't 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 even think about the deep GPP okay. play in Citadel. You good, Walt? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Okay. I was just finishing up your thought on Citadel. Don't yeah, play. I was just I was about to ask you. I was about to ask you if you had any super secret plays otherwise. Yeah, there's, I don't I don't see any there reason. Is, there's zero super secret play on Citadel. Yeah, they might catch a 40 yard touchdown pass late in the game, but yeah. I mean, but let's let's circle back to Clemson real quick. I I, I want to know your okay. thoughts. Um is anybody on Clemson as in anybody worth paying in cash playing in cash games at their price? I mean, their prices are outrageous. Do you think they're going to get enough work? I mean, I know you mentioned ETN, but I mean, yeah. is he is he better play than Hubbard or Williams? I mean, like I just no. I mean, there's there's no way I'd play him over Hubbard and 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 you you know listening to you talk about Williams, um, you know I was going to do a little more research just uh, before we got on the show tonight to make sure that that you know those carries were going to continue. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I would rather take the discount. I mean, if I if I had gone ahead and I had to play someone in cash from Clemson, it would certainly be you know ETN because. Like I said, I've seen him do it before, and by halftime, having 34 fantasy points. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I think I think Hubbard is, and Williams would be your safer options. Looking at, I mean, Hubbard definitely. We, you know, you already know I'm all in on him. And and hearing you talk yeah. about Williams, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much all I need to hear on that. Um, I think those two are, you're gonna get similar floor with Etienne, and then you're gonna have probably a better ceiling because they're gonna play the whole game. Maybe not. I don't know. Will Kyron play the whole time in a blowout, or did was he? Will he get pulled? Who'd you ask about? Sorry, Hubbard. Uh, Kyron, Kyron, uh, Kyron Williams. I know Hubbard will play because yeah, they don't care. But will Kyron well, Williams? Uh, will he, would he play if they were way ahead? I don't. I don't think they're going to be way ahead. So that's kind of why. Okay. I, that's that's kind of why I like him a lot. I don't think they're going to. I mean, I think they might be up fourteen, seventeen in the fourth quarter, which is not take your starters out kind of lead. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah. No. So I'm, I'm all in on that because, like I said, the Clemson like passing game prices is just it's it's totally laughable. You know what I mean? There's just no oh, way. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> incredible. I mean, what about what about a GPP play here? I mean, like if you're if you're looking for that low owned Clemson GPP play, and I mean may may not even low owned, just that one Clemson guy because you know they start at four o'clock and everybody likes to have that late hammer. Um, yeah. And and take take ETN out of it because I mean he's he's pretty yeah solid for what he does. I mean what what because I'm looking at this wide receiver core and the only guy I trust is Rogers. To be honest yep. with you, I mean, yeah, it's are it's, you paying? It's kind are of, you paying eighty three hundred dollars for him? Because I'm if, not. If I'm running, if I'm running like multiple lineups, you know, fifteen to twenty or more, then maybe I'll get a little a little exposure, hoping that you know he's gonna break, uh, you know, not one big fifty plus yard touchdown, but maybe two. Um, but yeah, there's just there's not a ton of upside there, and I don't, you know, I'm the, I would I just don't trust like you said Nagata or or Gladson or Galloway. Rodgers is is the clear number one. Their receiving core is not nearly what it was last season. Um, and and Rodgers had seven targets last week, and and he's going to continue to be the most heavily targeted guy. So, I guess if I have if if I have to get exposure to Clemson, and it's one of these receivers, it's it's a little bit of a cop out taking the highest priced guy. But I think it would have to be Rodgers because I just yeah. I don't think you're getting upside yeah. with anyone else. I mean, I, six I, four I for Powell is is insane. It's you know, insane. why would you pay that? <laughs> I mean, you're not paying. You're not paying. Paying six four for a number two for Clemson until they take on someone like I'm trying to think of an ACC team that's good because there's not many. Um, mm-hmm. 
maybe maybe Carolina. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe UNC maybe can hang with them for a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe Carolina. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not you're not yeah. paying that stuff. So I mean, I'm I'm glad you you. I mean, glad you think that same thing because I think Clemson's a joke. By the way, for everybody listening, I'm gonna go ahead and put my Alabama plug in here. Roll Tide. Um, <laughs> I think Clemson's a joke this year. They're a two man team and ETN and Lawrence, and I'm just I'm not paying those prices for those guys. Yeah, no, I agree. Their their roster is not nearly as sexy as it was last year, and we're still. When you, I want you guys to look when when Slate locks uh, on the Clemson game, or if you see somebody with a quarterback spot left heading into that it's game, Lawrence. you just look and it's see. Lawrence. You just yeah, of course, and you just look and see what that percentage <laughs> is because it's going to be laughably high. Because even though he's high priced and he doesn't play the whole game, it might not be the regular college football you know dfsers but you're going to see a good because there's a lot of casuals that'll play too but you're going to see a lot of people play lawrence because of his name and because they just they don't know any better you know they're he's going to throw he's going to as the stat line is going to be 200 and some yards and three three touchdowns maybe four and it's going to look good but when you look at the stat you know the fantasy points for that that's that's really not going to be enough you're going to look at the rest of your lineup and be like oh they pay 9700 dollars for 34 points what their punt plays do, and they're going to have some guy who's 4,800, 4,700 who got 0. 0.1 or 0. 0.2, and they're you know or zero, and they're they're just if they're lucky, out. yeah, yeah. Clicking and hoping for some some points from somebody. I mean that's that's kind of how it is, and and to me, I mean that's just not how you do it. I mean you know we we, we me and you all we we just outlined the studs that we liked. So if, mm-hmm. if you just fade Lawrence, I mean, you're going to be ahead of, I would say, 20% of the field to start. You know? Absolutely. I mean, you're, minimum. Saving, you're saving at least $1,300 from Lawrence to Hubbard. And if, if you go Lawrence and Hubbard, you, you can't get much more. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I mean, you're paying no. 20K for two players, and Lawrence is – I mean, you just can't do that in college football. No, and and you rarely will see me, and I'm sure you won't either, roster Lawrence because he won't get a competitive game until you know maybe Carolina or until the bowl season starts. I mean, I mean, the the only time I'll I'll roster Lawrence is the college football playoffs. To be quite honest, yeah. I mean, like I'm going to roster him in the ACC playoff or ACC championship game because he's still going to play a team that he is ten times better, and they're going to be up forty points. I mean that was kinda of like how it was last year with Tua. I mean I wasn't rostering Tua most weeks because I knew they were gonna be up so much. So yeah. it's just it's just you gotta you gotta pick and choose your studs. You gotta look at game spreads. You gotta think of game flow. Kinda of like how we talked about showdowns. You just gotta how's this game gonna play? Is he gonna really throw the ball forty times? No, Lawrence is gonna throw the ball maybe twenty two times tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird Maybe we haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'm maybe I'm drawing a blank, but it's like last year. You know, the when you, if you're going to pay up, you were paying for Hertz. You know, you were getting that. You were getting Mister Fifty Plus, or you were paying for Fields. Like, is there anyone? You know, maybe I'm just blanking out. But who is whose Hertz or Fields this year for DFS at QB? Like this year, is there, is there mean, anyone? I mean, if Fields come, I mean, if, if the Big Big Ten decides to play, which I think they yeah they were, he he's back in the mix. Um, yeah. Thinking off the top of my head without looking at teams, Alabama doesn't have a quarterback that's going to run. He's not going to do much. He's just going to throw the ball. Um, Same with I mean, Rattler, can, right? Like he's not yeah. going to run, is he? Okay. No, no, no. I mean, he, he he might run a little bit, but he's not going. He's not. He's not Jalen Hurts or or Kyler Murray. 
Um, yeah. Lawrence is going to get his, you know, 10 carries with the option or whatever. Um, honestly, there's not those stud dual threat quarterbacks that like you're going to roster each week. I mean, if you're going to roster people, King from Miami, but then again, his team sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't yeah. pay the top price for that guy. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, yep. it's, it's, it's a different with the coronavirus, it's different year this year, and I hate it. Yeah. 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 Roster construction is way different because I remember, I mean, last season it was, it was plug in hurts. You pretty much paid whatever the price was because if you faded, Again, you were gritting your teeth and and hoping that it would, he would stop, and 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 he just wouldn't. And and now I'm thinking like this year on the first couple of slates, you know these quarterback, you know how was priced really high last week, and again he would have been this week. And it, it's just you know all these QBs, they're nice, they're gonna throw a lot, but they're just they're not because of the fact that they're not a a real true dual threat, they're not gonna be paying off these nine K prices very often. And no, Ritter, I mean if no. he was facing a, a better opponent, maybe maybe Ritter could be that guy but still that's that's a lot but, to pay for but him. then again I, I don't think i'd pay that price for a cincinnati quarterback i mean honestly but i mean let's be yeah. real there's there's yeah, not a cincinnati sure. i don't know are they in conference usa i think conference usa quarterback that i'd pay eighty two hundred dollars or whatever he is i, I mean i wouldn't yeah you know what i mean I, I, yeah 100 percent. i mean <laughs> maybe maybe if it was lamar jackson again but not not ritter so yeah to to me, yeah. your your best bet is to get that six K to seven K quarterback and, and honestly load up on load up on running backs because there's just not that quarterback that you're like, Oh, I have to have him this week. You know what I mean? There's just nope. not that quarterback no. this week. Or even no. I mean, and, like the last the last three weeks there hasn't been that quarterback. It's like, oh, I have to lock him in. Yeah, we're starting to get enough data here where, we're, I mean, looking at it and, and the winning lineups, the consistent winning, and it's still, you know, it's only been three weeks, so whatever, but you can see, you know, people are paying down at QB, they're getting, they're locking in those, you know, those RBs that are strong, and, and then they're hitting on you know, some of the cheapy wide receivers, but no one's really going up and paying for the most expensive wide receivers, so that the builds are really, really lever- leveraged towards you know, getting those stud running backs. I, and I think it's going to be that way. That might, that just might be the season of the running back in college DFS this year. Cause um, yeah, I'm not these, it just seems weird. Like the pricing so far on these QBs has been crazy high. Like I don't, I don't recall these names being as high as they are this season. And maybe it's because we don't have a, a Hertz or fields yet. And I know that big, big 10 is supposed to come back by like Halloween or, or maybe a little sooner. Well, um, wait till, yeah, wait till next weird. week. SEC comes back next week. So, I mean, I'll definitely make sure I jump on that pod next week because all right, yep. um, big, huge, which if, if people know me, probably one of the biggest Alabama fans you'll ever meet. Um, love that team. Go to many games. So, I mean, next week's going to be fun because we get the SEC along with these ACC teams and these lower league teams. So then next week, the key thing next week is the value from these lower league teams. So, yeah, if we could have Houston Baptist on the slate every week and get them some more games, oh, I would be, I, I would wish, be psyched. <laughs> I wish they'd be on every single slate. I love that team after watching them. Two Me weeks. too, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they were a straight cash machine, straight cash machine. So, well, cool, man. I appreciate you uh, jumping on. Uh, that was went really well. I think uh, you know that, that at least gets people an idea of where to go with this. Are we are gonna Saturday. Um, I got. Oh no, we lost them.
Oh no. He's back. Well, but if not, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have Pete online, and and with the SEC being back next week, um, I'll try to join as well, and we can we can just dive in. Hopefully, we got a a good fifteen game slate next week. Honestly, I haven't looked at the schedule, so. Um, just yeah, make sure man. you join us. Ne- make sure you join us next week, and I mean, hopefully, like I said, Pete's back next week, and then we can have a three-man discussion, and then you guys can really get uh, a bigger deep dive, and we we can make it more in depth if we want to. You know what I mean? I mean, people can fast forward or whatnot, but I mean, we'll, we'll go through every game like we did tonight. And Walt, I appreciate you letting me join you, man. Yeah, okay, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but uh, I sound sounds like no. No, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on, man. Kind of re- revitalize things and stepping in for Pete while he's battling this illness. And and yeah, um, I don't know if you'd be available, but like I said, Saturday uh, morning, about an hour before a lock, we jump on and just do a little bit of last minute housekeeping to, um, you know, talk about any late breaking injuries or starter news or you know maybe our thoughts have changed a little bit. So if you want to jump on, you're more than welcome for that. And then yeah, next week's pod, uh, I'd love to do a three man. And that's you know the more yeah. information, the better for these guys. So. Exactly. And, and if you're okay, if you're okay with the beach in the background, I'll jump in on, on Saturday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it, man. For sure. So appreciate right, it, buddy. Thank you. Have a good one, man. All right, you too. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everybody who listened. Best of luck. And uh, like I said, this will be available for uh, on-demand listen here tomorrow for those of you listening live. And then uh, Saturday morning, an hour before lock, we'll do our live show. Appreciate it. Take care. And uh, you can always hit me. Pete or Chris up in Discord will be in the CFB room or the premium room. Um, if you're not a premium member already, you're really missing out. It's one low price for all sports. Um, you definitely need to get with that. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye,